Welcome in, everyone, uh, to another episode of Just Another Sports Podcast. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith here with you. And Josh, we've been rejoined. Um, so we yes, uh, finally joined the rest of the world once again. Uh, Joe Ferraro, uh, FNP Sports Writer, is here with us once again. Joe, how are you? Doing great. I guess uh, I didn't do too badly the last time for me to be back on here. No, again. You, you passed you the passed. first test. Awesome. So, so happy to have you back. And it's going to be a very NBA-centric uh show i i think uh, we we just watched uh the the draft lottery we'll, we'll talk a lot about that and, and zion williamson and what type of pro uh, we think he will be uh also we're on the verge of starting the conference finals uh, we had a couple of game sevens on sunday a couple of uh really nice finishes uh, to the game sevens uh, so we'll talk about that we'll throw some people on the boat uh we'll do seen or to be seen so uh, the usual, a lot of the usual stuff that you expect from us. So we'll get some baseball in there. I think the Nats are in trouble. Um, the O's, they are having trouble playing games with this crazy weather pattern we're in uh, up in New York. So, all right. So uh, the winner of the draft lottery uh, happened to be the New Orleans Pelicans. Here's a franchise. I mean, they hit uh, rough times uh, with, with with the move. Um, they're ownership group was taken over by the league um they had they were forced to trade chris paul so this is a anthony davis doesn't want to play there anymore so this is a franchise it's endured a lot of mostly negative headlines um in in recent years and they finally get some good news today i mean is the is they're counting down in the lottery the knicks and the lakers are among the top four franchises so (laughs) so so all the conspiracy theorists were uh armed and ready it had if so if say excuse me the lakers won the lottery or uh or the knicks won the lottery um it could have been another frozen envelope type situation um but but the pelicans a, a team that like we say has endured a lot of bad luck get this thing and they're going to draft zion and there was talk before the draft that the knicks had they won the lottery might have traded the, that pick in the rights to zion williamson to the pelicans uh for Anthony Davis, but now they don't even have to make well, that trade. So. Yeah, thankfully, uh, we, that that would be ridiculous. I mean, well, how they had Porzingis recently, and everybody thought he was the savior, going to be the savior of the franchise, and they ended up trading him away too. Right. So, yeah. a couple of questions here: What type of pro do we think Zion Williamson will be? And um, if you're Anthony Davis, does this change your outlook on the future of the franchise? Yeah, we were just kind of kicking that around as we were walking in here. I think that's something. We have to consider now uh, those two together would be probably a pretty nice duo. Hey, you know, having Davis there for Zion would take some pressure off him in, that, in his first year. Not that he, not that he needs to have pressure alleviated for him because he seems like he can handle pretty much anything. But having another superstar um, right next to him to start his career would be would be great for him and would be great for that organization. Um, I don't know. I think I've talked about how. I feel about Zion. I'm not really sure what kind of a pro he's going to be. I'm not. I shouldn't say that. I think he's going to be a. I think he's going to be an all star. I don't know that he's going to be a transcendent superstar like everybody. I think everybody sort of expects that. How do you guys feel about it? I'm someone along the lines of Larry Johnson. You know, okay. very very solid. Uh, you know, big good man. One. Uh, that, that's what I see when I see. You know, when I see him, he's going to be good. Uh, yeah, superstar good. Well, don't say it. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be making there, – there's going to be highlight plays. He's going to make night in and night out. He's going to do something that's going to blow your mind. But in terms of being able to carry his team and, 
and be like I said, that word that I keep using is transcendent. I don't, I just don't know that he's going to be that and that kind of NBA player. He's probably going to have to lose some weight too because he's 285 yeah. pounds. They showed a graphic during the lottery. Um, they put up a side by side graphic: Zion Williamson and and JJ Watt, the the All Star defensive end for the Houston Texans, and they were both 285 pounds. JJ Watt six five, Zion Williamson six seven. So Zion Williamson is JJ Watt with two inches of height. Uh, on him which is which is significant yeah so it's a lot of torque but on the knees uh the yeah. feet and the, the joints and stuff yep. he already ripped through a shoe uh, <laughs> it, uh playing it playing at duke so um so his, his health and his his weight will that will that be something that the pelicans or whatever team he uh plays for during the course of his career or is that something they're gonna have to watch closely yeah, yeah i agree with that and I, you also have to take into consideration that he is a kid. He really isn't. He, re, he really is not grown into his his man body yet. You know, like he he's gonna his body's gonna continue to change. He's only 19 years old, and I'm sure, you know, now he's gonna be in a professional setting where they're gonna have top of the top of the line training. Not that he didn't have that at Duke, because you know he had that at Duke. But um, yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna pay a lot of attention to his build and uh, and the development of his body moving forward i think and and then the davis aspect is fascinating now too because it was a given that he wanted to leave like he wore a shirt at the end of the season saying that's all folks (laughs) so i mean like he's openly but greg he said he didn't pick that shirt out yeah exactly um so he's openly pined to leave new orleans because there wasn't much hope for the franchise they they weren't going to be in a position to to put players around him uh, quickly that, that would allow him to contend for a championship. That's why the Lakers were throwing all sorts of the, the Lakers were basically willing to trade their entire team to the Pelicans. It seemed to, to, to um, get Anthony Davis, that trade fell apart just because there were so many, um, it was being talked about way too much in, 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 in public. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think Zion just pulled out his cell phone about 20 minutes ago and, and said, Please come back. Please come back, AD. Please, please come back. But even if he doesn't, now the Pelicans have a guy they could they could build around. Yeah. And um, and Zion's like the first megastar of like the Instagram, YouTube, uh, social media era coming into the league. Like like you guys say, who knows what type of player he'll be exactly? But but LeBron was well before social media, and there hasn't been a guy like this coming into the league in the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook era i don't think so it'll be interesting to see how his career plays out because he has all this hype uh, surrounding them yeah. it's magnified by all the social media channels and that puts even more pressure on his shoulders to 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 perform and and, and live up to the expectations of a number one overall pick i'd say so the, yeah what, what's getting lost already is the fact that the, that jay morant is probably the probable number two pick going to memphis right and and if you think about that league and you think about a player like him, man, it's hard to envision him not becoming a superstar simply because the league is so point guard centric or point guard driven. And they're, and they're saying he's every bit the athlete that like a Russell Westbrook is. He's, yeah. he's like Russell Westbrook with, with better shooting ability. So Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's one to – man, he, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch too. These two, Both of these guys, the top two picks, I think are going to be incredibly fun to watch right. over the next ten years. Uh, the Knicks wind up with the number three pick. The Lakers wind up with the number four pick. And uh, and a lot of people 
I heard a lot of commentary going into the draft saying that it's really a two-player draft. Like in terms of franchise yeah. changing players, there's two players in this draft. There's Ja Morant and then there's Zion. And outside of that, there's not a whole lot of difference between the number three guy and, and say a second round, say a guy that falls into the second round. Mm-hmm. So, so it's funny. Like the big, the big market cities, the the glamour cities that would have loved to have either one of those guys. They're they're gonna finish just outside. I was the circle, I was so. I was surprised. I really was thinking it was just a fix. The fix was in for the Lakers as soon as they went that commercial because they went to the commercial before the fifth pick, right? Or was it the? They well, they the went to the commercial and the Suns, who had one of the best chances to uh, to uh, win the lottery, that they were already off. They yeah. they were already announced, so that moved someone up. And then a couple other teams that sort of had decent odds to win, they were already announced before the commercial yeah. break. The Lakers and the Knicks are sitting there, so. Apparently the NBA they film they, there's video footage yeah. of the lottery so so for all the so consp- they say so for all the conspiracy theorists out there they the NBA makes video of this thing available after after it takes place and there's representatives from every team in the room so um, so it likely isn't fixed but it is funny how it's how it's worked out in in, in recent years but um, yeah I mean the Lakers and the Knicks <laughs> the the two glamour franchises will maybe not get. Either of the guys did, that did you guys have a did you have a favorite heading into this that you wanted to see win it to get a chance at Zion? Oh boy, the the Knicks. I mean, you know, just because they haven't been anything for the longest time, they haven't been relevant at all, and you know, you know, the big market team. Uh, yeah, everybody cheers against the, the the big market teams, but you know, they have not been relevant in in for the longest time, and. You know, just the and and if they are, I mean, you, you just the you know the the relevance of that, you, you get to revive some of these rivalries. You yeah. know, the Knicks and the Celtics, the Knicks uh, and the Lakers. It, it just uh, really enhances the whole the whole product. I think. I think I saw something. Sorry, Greg. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think I saw something recently that said the the Knicks were the they are the most valuable team in the NBA. Is that what I read? Yeah, I, believe it or not, New York City is so big and basketball yeah. is such a huge thing in New York that. The business side of the franchise is humming, despite the fact that the basketball That's size of the franchise has been awful for for the better part of two decades now. And before, so. yeah, well, before you can get to what you were saying, I, I was also pulling for the Knicks just for everything that Joe said. It would just just have been nice to see them uh, brought into the mix. I remember when like Latrell Sprewell and Anthony Mason and John Starks and that team was playing the Rockets in the final. I think the the, mm-hmm. the years that one of the years that Jordan oh, yeah. went to play baseball, the Bulls, the Heat as well. Yeah, I, and I, re- really I remember. Battles. Yeah, I remember rooting for them just because I liked the way they play. Were tough, you know. Um, anyway, that doesn't mean anything today. But I, I was pulling for the Knicks. To well, I was going to say I'm surprised Joe, being a the yeah, sh- Chicago guy, he is didn't say the Bulls, um, even though their odds weren't weren't <laughs> weren't weren't among the best to win the lottery. So. The Bulls could use some luck too, because it's 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 it's, it's, been well it's, it's, it's been a while. Well, of course, I would have liked since. to have seen that because uh, the last time they were in that situation and got very lucky, they got Derrick Rose. But then we we know everything yeah. that happened with his um, his injuries, and then it's uh, it's been it's been downhill ever uh, ever since. So, but uh, yeah, you just, really you since, just need that luck. Really, since Michael Jordan left in '98, <laughs> the Bulls have had like three like pretty decent seasons they've had some decent seasons and, and during, willing, during the derrick rose years and, I, and, I, and, and you know what that's just the case where well hey, well hey i mean i was i was spoiled i could see michael jordan 
you know, be a roadblock for, you know, for Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley. Uh, but hey, well, you know, when Rose was there, uh, you know, Le- LeBron James was the same roadblock that, <laughs> that Michael Jordan was. So uh, that's that's just the way it is. And then Rose's best season, his MVP season, was cut short, obviously, by by the injury in the playoffs. So right. so who, so who knows what the Bulls would have done that year had had he not taken that bad step and and, and torn his ACL. So. Yeah, the Bulls will wind up with a guy that will help, but but probably not transform their franchise uh, not yet. All, all, all that much. What number did so. they get? I already forgot. Seven, I believe. Okay, yeah. the, I think the Wizards were nine. That- Wizards were nine, yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. So Phoenix, which had one, some of the best odds to win the lottery, they ended up uh, like in the six, uh, in that six to ten range uh, too. So um, so the conference finals are set now. In the, in the West, we have Golden State versus Portland. In the East, we have um, uh, Toronto versus Milwaukee, which has been the best team in the NBA all season, even though everyone automatically thinks Warriors if, if they're not paying close enough attention to the league. But the Bucks have been the best team in the league all season. So we're another step closer to answering that eternal question here on Jazz. Who will be playing in, in, in the NBA Finals? Um, but, but Sunday, there were a couple of Game 7s. Uh, Portland was on the road at Denver. And Philly, the Sixers, um, were on the road in Toronto. And they were both really interesting results for, for, for different reasons. Um, the Nuggets-Blazers game, Denver got off to the fast start. They were up 17 points in the, in the second quarter. But Portland got back in the game without their star player, Damian Lillard, really doing all that much. He, That's because they have another star. Right. He didn't yep. play all that well. But C.J. McCollum was by far the best player on the floor. He was like unstoppable, yeah. Um, for for the duration of that game on both ends of the floor, he had a, he had a he had a big block, a big chase down block uh, near the end of that game, and then he hit the game winning jump shot uh, with with about ten seconds to go. So CJ McCollum, and, he, and here we go with you have Clay and Steph for Golden State, and the NBA's next best backcourt is probably Portland's um, with with uh, McCollum and uh, Lillard. So that's why I think it's going to be. I was sort of rooting for Portland because I thought it would be a better, sure. more captivating series than it would have been Denver, a nice young team with, with a couple of really good players. But but Denver struggled against Golden State all season, where Portland, I think, was 2-2 with them. So, yeah. so Portland winning, I think, makes it for a more compelling Western Conference Finals yeah. and I think than it's, had Denver gotten through. It's, been good. it's good that Portland is finally breaking through here. They, they've been knocking on the door. For a while, they have two. They've had these two guys. This is a great backcourt for several years now, and it's just nice to see them take this step. and And now we get to see them on this stage. We get to see them in a good backcourt matchup. And now with Durant out and uh, the the Warriors scrambling to, to figure out how to you know how to play without him, man, that you can't. I don't think you can count out Portland at all. It's going to be. I don't. Durant's probably not going to play in this series. I wouldn't think unless, unless unless they really unless they really needed. Yeah, them. like you so. I was gonna say like you. What did you say the other night about it? You said I said don't play him until you until you really yeah. need him. So because Golden State, as they showed against Houston in Game Six, they're still most every bit the Warriors that won a yeah. championship without Durant before Kevin Durant got there. You're right, and won seventy three games before Kevin Durant got there, and. 
had a 3-1 lead over Cleveland in the finals for a second straight title before Kevin Durant got there and had Draymond Green not gotten suspended that year for his antics, they likely would have beaten Cleveland and, and would have been going for four straight titles. They're a little year. different because yeah. the bench isn't the bench isn't there. They're older. They're, they're older, and 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 the bench isn't there because they're they have to pay all the all yeah. these guys and. And they don't quite have the depth that they used to, but but when you can plug in a guy like Iguodala, I mean, right. so you lose Duran and you plug in this other guy who's won an NBA Finals MVP, right? Like like Harrison Barnes was a nice piece they yeah. had before Kevin Durant got there. If without KD and without Harrison Barnes, I mean, that's a, that's another piece that they're missing. So yes, the team is a little different, but they they have a killer instinct that rivals as a team. They have a killer instinct that rivals Kobe Bryant's and, and Michael Jordan's, I think, and between Curry and Thompson, when they have to play their best, they often do. And, and that's just like what happened. That, that Houston, that Houston yep. game was that Friday night was a perfect example of or Friday, uh, sorry, of, of, of them uh, rising rising to the occasion. So uh, before we get to the Eastern Finals, uh, the Western Finals also pits uh, Steph Curry against his brother Seth, and I think it's the first time brothers have ever met in the um, in the. Uh, conference finals before so it, it nearly happened in the east too because believe it or not pal gasol is on the milwaukee bucks roster and, and mark gasol his, his younger brother He's, plays for the raptors so yeah. we nearly had two brothers uh, conference finals um, series. So Paul Paul Gasol is he's not. I think he's out though. He's, he's they he's, ruled him he's, out. He's, the he's hurt right now. Right, he's out. Yeah. Um, uh, but but he but he's technically Still a Milwaukee buck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the Western Finals, I, I I think, will be pretty competitive. Like, like you said, I, I pick Golden State, um, and it it'll be interesting to see if they could win some games without Durant and how long he's able to remain out. In the East, um, Toronto got there with a dramatic Game Seven victory, and if you watched the game, which I don't think either, either of you guys did, I mean I don't think you, uh, you did you watch it, Joe? I saw the highlights. Yeah. It it wasn't a very, it wasn't a very good game at all. It, it was a competitive game, but but it wasn't a very well played. game. I guess I teams, saw all teams, I needed teams to were see breaking then. shots. <laughs> I, I saw mean, one play from that game. Right. I mean, no one can make a shot. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, the the hero at the end, had forty one points, but he needed thirty nine shots to get to forty one points. So it just the Sixers had three three possessions late, where they had a shot clock violation, and then they were jacking up jumpers at the end of the shot clock on three straight possessions so it wasn't it wasn't a very good game the the raptors win on one of the great game winning shots of all time believe it or not it's the first game seven game winning shot in in nba playoff history that i didn't know yeah and uh something i heard something interesting about that shot today Kawhi leonard made the shot uh from the corner it bounced off the front rim twice the back rim twice and then somehow fell in but he was taking the shot over joel Embiid, who's the sixers seven foot seven foot foot two center and i heard someone say today that Kawhi had to launch the shot to get it over Embiid at such an angle that that made the ball bounce off it, it it the ball bounced off the rim more softly because it was such a high arcing shot and had it been a more traditional shot it wouldn't have had the same arc and trajectory. It might have bounced off the rim a little more firmly, and then and then carom carom off. This so. is information only we get. To, we would only get today's age, right? Someone has probably right broken down all of the scientific ang- angles and uh, 
I don't know. Uh, everything to do with that shot. That the was, NBA's version of the launch angle, huh? Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So the ball hit the rim more softly because it was launched at such a high angle to get it over Joel Embiid. Um, but it, it was just such a crazy finish. Some of the photos that came out of that game were, were, were great because uh, Kawhi Leonard, who's typically not an emotional guy, you saw you saw the emotion on his face after the shot went in. Yeah, you, you had the shots of him being crouched in the corner. Uh, watching the shot along with yeah. with, with everyone else, so some some really good sports photos yeah, came out of that moment. That's always fun, and then what's also also always fun during those shots is the you, the camera will be completely still, and it'll almost be like a hush over the crowd, and then it and then it erupts, and like almost like the arena almost shakes with. Uh, with fans going crazy when that's always fun to see. I remember, I think Steve Smith hit a shot years ago where it was Allen Houston. That's who it was. I think it was in a shot by Allen Houston that I saw, you know, a great shot, uh, you know, video of that very similar to what I saw from this Kawhi Leonard, uh, shot. And the photos have been, yeah, they're, they're awesome. It's great to like, there's a, that famous photo of Jordan hitting the shot against the jazz. Right. And you can see the whole crowd and you, yeah. you can sit there and like, you can sit there and look at that photo for 20 minutes. I yep. mean, that's how fun it is. Yeah, those, those shots are great. I mean, Jor- you know, Jordan, you mentioned Jordan. You know, the shot by um, Mario Chalmers mm-hmm. to tie uh, the game in 2008 yes. the NCAA championship. And just to see the all the fans, their, their eyes wide open, mouths open. It's just, just that look of anticipation. Right. Uh, just is, is it going to go? Is, is it not? Uh, and then... And then the the shots afterward, you know, hands up in the air, uh, <laughs> people letting out these primal roars. It's uh, it's yeah. great. It's great drama. And I think even the the best photo I think that was taken and that ever it's gone viral is a Getty Images photo. It was taken before it fell through. I think so. It was at some point when it was bouncing around on the rim. This photo was taken. Kawhi's like down on the floor and Abid's leaning over to try to see what's what's happening and there's a guy on the Raptors bench who's squatting down with this terrific expression. Uh, it's, per- it's going to win an award. Yeah, it has to. And you just don't see shots like that go in. You normally yeah. see them just bounce. Once it hits the rim, it's, it's, it's over. The, you the, made the, a good the point, ball, especially the, from the, the corner. The, the, the ball caroms yeah. off and, and, and <laughs> it was kind of groan inducing because at first, cause it didn't look like the shot was going to go in. And then this game, which is not a very, well-played game was going to extend even more. It was going to go into overtime. So better, better game winner that one or Damian Lillard's forty uh, whatever foot three pointer against. You know what? I, I like the one in the corner. I mean, just because uh, you know all <laughs> uh, Kawhi's. I mean, just because uh, you know all those other shots. They're you know from the wing or straight on and. And uh, it's it's just you you get a better look, and then in this case again from the corner, all the times it bounces on the rim. Usually, you know these shots that bounce around, the, you get the aid of the of the backboard. Uh, Kawhi didn't exactly. have the backboard, and that's what that's what made it uh, that <laughs> that much more phenomenal to me. Yeah. Is that you always get the help from the backboard when when it bounces around like that. And just the stakes too. It was it was game yeah. seven. I mean, it was do or die. Yeah. Game seven. They they could have lost in overtime. So. Just to get the game seven stakes, the way the shot went in after, after bouncing off the rim four times. I mean, Lillard's was awesome, but and, and that's that's up there among all time game winners. But but I, I'm with Joe. I, I yeah. think the Leonard one ranks a little bit higher. Uh, another so. thing about that, it, some of these great photos show it. It's it is the arc of of that shot, and 
I think people don't realize, well, a lot of time, like if all of us went out and played basketball on some local court, we're not going to be shooting up like rainbow shots, you know, and making them. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we're like, we're all of average height and we're shooting line drives most of the time, probably. But when you watch these guys who are like six, eight and above or whatever it is, the average height in the NBA is probably like six, five, who knows what it is. I mean, they're already tall and their arms are already long. They throw up that ball like it goes. It's it's above the backboard a lot of times. Their jump shots and that's that's incredible skill and hand eye coordination that these guys and, have. And Joel Embiid, yeah, is seven he's two. stretched out. <laughs> he's off the floor. Off like, the floor. Uh, like he's off the floor completely with his arm completely extended. Right. And you're shooting over that. So yeah. imagine how high the ball has to be in the and air to, and to get it falling, over him. And you're falling. You're right. Well, of course he. I think what was great about that was that he did actually square up. To, make, to shoot that shot, which is another flabbergasting part of the athleticism that these guys have. As he was dribbling, I believe, to his right, he was able to turn and square up before he made this incredibly difficult attempt. I mean, just everything about it is sick. Yeah. So that leads us into the Eastern Conference Finals, and uh, Toronto's been here before. Milwaukee hasn't, but, man, I don't give the Raptors much of a chance. I mean, they, they've fallen flat in this position before when they were running into LeBron James and the Cavs. And I just think Milwaukee's just a, a really super team this year. It's tough to stop. They have the best player in the series in in, in Giannis. Um, so I see Milwaukee winning this in five or six games. I think uh, I, I think yeah. I agree with that. I don't know how Joe feels about it, but oh, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll go against the grain. Uh, you know, Kawhi. I don't know. I, I just see him. Yeah. He's in a way, he's almost like uh, you know somebody else who did a lot of big things in San, San Antonio. Tim Duncan, just unassuming, but he, he just he, he gets it done, and he he knows how 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 to win. Uh, Giannis, I, I think eventually he will he will get there. And but uh, I'm gonna go with the Raptors just because of the the Kawhi factor and just you know being able to do it on both ends of the court defensively offensively and just just knowing what he has to do to get that to get that w mm-hmm. and toronto has been there before so uh, largely with different players but the fact that the franchise is used to being in this position that 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 could help them or milwaukee doesn't have anyone that's that's ever been in this position before but I, I just like the Bucks, and I think the Bucks would have a reasonable shot to beat Golden State too, if if, if that's who they face uh, in, in the finals. Just Golden State would have trouble matching up with their front line, which is Giannis, which is Brook Lopez, who can who can shoot threes, a seven foot guy that could shoot threes, and they also at the trade deadline acquired uh, Nikola Mirotic, the, the the former Bull uh, Joe, yep. uh, who's a tall former shooter, so. I, I think they could pose matchup problems for the Warriors in the finals and could really give them a good series. So yeah, for pure sex appeal, I, I want I want the Bucks in the final. I, I want to see <laughs> that. That would I want to see series. Giannis playing that on that stage. The, be, the the best the best team all season going with, with one of the probably top two players in the league going against the Warriors, the team trying to win three in a row, which which doesn't happen a whole lot. I mean, it hasn't happened since. Uh, I think the Lakers were the last team to to three-peat. Uh, the Kobe Shaq Lakers yes. were the last team yeah. to three-peat, and before that it was the Jordan Bulls. So I wanted to bring up a point about free agency because now uh, Kawhi Leonard's going to be a free agent uh, in, in, in the offseason, and uh, he could leave. Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent in the offseason. He could leave. Kyrie Irving's a free agent now, and, and his Celtics are out. He could leave. And I just wanted to bring up this point. Like, the idea of Kyrie and Durant 
playing in New York. Durant's one of the most thin-skinned superstars we've we've ever seen. <laughs> like he's setting up burner Twitter accounts uh, to to monitor like he, what people are saying right, about them, constantly bickering with the media. Right. So the idea he's going to go in New York and have this the most aggressive press in the country watching and questioning him after every move he makes. I just don't see that being a good fit. And then Kyrie's one of the most bizarre, temperamental, yeah. flaky NBA players we've ever seen. He's one of the best players in the league, but the idea of him working in New York is is, is funny to me too. I, I just I You just, don't see do you see one of them going and not the other? I, I think they would I think they would talk and then they would agree to like team up uh, and, and, and and sort of work it out where they would both agree to play for the Knicks. But but they're neither one of them I think would would enjoy playing playing in New York. And why Kevin Durant if the Warriors win a title again would leave his situation in Golden State it it just seems silly to me especially when they're about to open a brand new arena next year. So what like why right. would he leave a team that's won three straight titles in a row to go play for a team in a crushing media market that's been terrible for for 20 right. years. And, you know, he was also – he's already been in Oklahoma City where he had a – you know, he had a star teammate, you know, played the same position that Kyrie plays, and they weren't able to win it. Um, I, w- I wonder how he feels about his chances of moving on to another destination and starting this whole thing over again and, and trying to get it done. Now, how old is he? He's not even 30 yet, right? Kyrie is 27 or 28. Durant, I was Or, or Durant is turning th- – I think he is 30. He'll be 31. So he's, he's yeah. right in that age 30 range. Yeah, I, I wonder – that's a really good point. I wonder if he will just play it safe and stay in Golden State. But, but it's not just the basketball and the next – just the whole dynamic with him in the media right. to me cracks me up because he's, he's one of the most thin-skinned superstars you're ever going to see. The idea of him like – Dealing with the New York media on a, on a regular basis yeah. seems like something he would absolutely hate. Yeah. So it's like think hard before you before you before you do this, KD. So, um, Josh, I see you have a post-it note there. I, I was going to transition into some baseball, but did you have it's, something you want to nah, bring, bring up? No, this is for later. It's for okay. the other segments at the end there. All right. So uh, baseball-wise, uh, the Orioles we had no expectations for it all this season. But um, the Nationals, even though they lost Bryce Harper, there there were some expectations. A lot of people were saying this could be the best team the nationals have had with with their young outfield and their pitching staff and and adam eaton is back and and all these things they had working for them but the nationals coming in tonight's game against the mets which they were losing yeah and i'm trying to figure out find an update for us on that because there was something going on there when we walked in to record this uh last i saw it i believe they were down five two okay now that's last. Yeah. I saw. So so what was going on when we walked in? It was since Syndergaard was no hitting them, and that has since changed. Yeah. So, but a loss tonight for the Nationals would drop them to sixteen and twenty-five, nine games below five hundred, and you don't see a lot of teams coming back from that and and, and, and making the playoffs. So, the Nationals are on the vert. I mean, you can't win a pennant in May and April and stuff, but you can certainly lose it. And the Nationals are putting themselves in a position yeah. where they're not going to be able to come back later in the season. They're going to start yeah. cutting bait here with some of these players and their manager and stuff. Uh, Martinez, I think, is, is is on the is on the hot seat. The one thing they've got going for them is that nobody in that AL East, you know, surprisingly, has not pulled away. So even though they're nine games under. 
500, they're they're still in it. And now, I think, Greg, you, you might have said this uh, in the office, once you get into that, you know, 10 games under, 12 games under, then you're putting yourself behind behind the eight ball, right? Right now they're on they're they're, they're teetering a little bit, uh, and a big thing, and it may, may seem as just an excuse that I'm making for them. They have been hurt. Uh, a lot of their guys have been hurt. Uh, Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon. When you when you don't have those guys in the lineup uh, on a consistent ba- basis, Soto's been hurt as well. Ryan Zimmerman. Ryan yeah. Zimmerman. So so that's that's four guys. I mean that's not not surprising. So. But no, no, they're 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 going into heading into dangerous waters if if this continues much more, where it gets to 12, 13 games under. But but again, like I said, uh, I think the Phillies are in first place and they're only four or five games above five hundred. That's uh, that's a good thing for them. What's going on with Bryce Harper? Well, I, keep, I, I was I just going to bring him up because I think Bryce Harper is being and Joe. You you'll probably agree with me here. He's being Bryce Harper. He's a really good player. Yeah. But but his impact is not what you would think it would. His impact on a team and its success does not match what his hype is in the media. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. He's never going to win a batting title. I think he strikes out. He's been striking out like some incredibly high number of times. Not that that really even matters anymore, right? But, um, yeah, so far I don't, I'm not sure this has been a great deal so, so far. You're, you're, you're paying for a really good no. player, but as far as you winning a World Series with this guy, I mean – there's no evidence of it. He's never even won yeah. a playoff series before. Hence, so. hence the, why I was I just never understood why why Washingtonians <laughs> were so crazy out of their mind upset when he left. I just I mean yeah he's fun to watch when he's really good and he's making these he's hitting these monster home runs and stuff. But uh, uh, he never he never he never put them over the top in any sense. No, he's he's maddeningly inconsistent. Uh, one good year, one. You know, average to not so good year. Uh, one good year, one one bad year. I'm actually surprised that uh, you know last year wasn't the greatest year. I, I thought he, he'd have a mm-hmm. really good di- year this year. But uh, so, so, so to me, that's that, that's not very surprising. The fact that he's struggling in general is not. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not the annual dollar amount that bothers me so much with the what the Phillies gave him because I mean the money is there to, to pay him that it's just the length of the contract I mean you've locked in right. with him for 13 years so just why why would you lock in for 13 years when this thing could go south pretty quickly and and no one's going to trade for that contract I mean you put yourself in a position where it better work out because if it doesn't you're stuck because no one's going to trade for under, 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 under underperforming Bryce Harper for 10 more years it it, it, it 34 million dollars a year so but good for him he got his money you know, right he can he's set for life so he can go hit uh hit, hit 240 for the phillies for the next 13 years i think he, I think he probably just felt the pressure of, of of getting all that money for for everybody else in the league because hey if, if he doesn't uh all all his buddies on uh, on the other teams are gonna are gonna be upset because because the the market value hasn't been driven up for everybody in in, in general, and I think uh, guys like uh, Nolan Arenado, who's who's getting paid, you know, his fair share of millions right now, uh, he's he's happy. He, guys like him, he's happy that 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 deal went down, so so everybody else can get paid, and because he set the bar, and then now everybody else is going to try to exceed mm-hmm. that. I'm not I'm not going to ask who is going to the World Series, but who do you think is the best team in the National League, Joe? The best, the best team in the National League right now, boy, uh, I'd have to say, 
I, I'd have to say the, the the LA Dodgers right now. Just the you know the you know the bullpen, the the starting pitching, the, the hitting up and down the order. Uh, they're up there. The Cubs are are there as well. And uh, you know I think I think uh, you know the Brewers are are also in that mix. Uh, just, I, I was going to ask j- you about j- the Brewers just because of uh, of the bullpen and and the kind of weapon they have in um, in Josh Hader at the end. I mean he's it's uh, a real, real X factor. It's uh, you know, creative how uh, council uses him every 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 third day or so. Says, hey, you know, go out there and pitch me two innings, and then, uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, their their bullpen's very strong, and and the, and the starting pitching is is not flashy, but underrated. Uh, you know, we, I've talked about uh, Kyle Hendricks before mm-hmm. the Cubs. Uh, you know, <laughs> barely doesn't even throw ninety miles an hour, and and yet uh, he has so much success. I mean, they've got the two or three guys on on, on that staff that are, are similar to Kyle Hendricks, uh, Kyle Davies, Ulysses Chassin, guys who aren't going to eat up the headlines, but they they go out and win. It seems like they have a they have a guy unlike Harper that that really propels them and that's that's Yelich right and, yeah. and Christian Yelich is one of the most astounding superstars to me because he looks like he's about 16 years old <laughs> he looks like a he, teenager he, he looks like he should be like playing pony ball somewhere but he instead he's like the best player in baseball so it, 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 he doesn't look physically imposing at all but it, but he hits for he hits for power how many home runs does he have already it's, it's 16 yeah, yeah. he's, he's up in the upper upper teens right yeah I mean right, right now he's, he's hitting them all at, at, at his home ballpark I think 15 of the 16 are, are, are his home ballpark ballpark but geez i mean who cares <laughs> right he looks, mean, like, he looks like he should be playing for like thomas johnson high school yeah. or something like that he, he i don't know he's just kind of he's the kind of guy like altuve who you, you can look at him and you're just like you just know that guy is a leader that 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 is the you know he's the the engine on that team um and those guys are fun to watch i mean he's it's just like altuve you won't expect by looking at him that he's the kind of player and leader that he is but he is Speaking of uh, Thomas Johnson, our man Brandon Klein had another good outing. He did over the weekend against That's the Angels. Right. Uh, he struck out Mike Trout. Um, he got Albert Pujols uh, to, pop to, 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 to pop out. So these are like legendary players. Otani, he got Otani too. He got he pitched one in the third, I think, and he ended up yep. facing the the heart of the Angels order. Got so, them all. And his ERA is uh, respectable considering how little he's pitched so far. I mean, it's six something. And uh, he still has his moments where he gives up his home uh, a home run or gives up some hits, but but he's held his own very well. Uh, I, I think yeah, for a guy that didn't start didn't start the season in the major leagues, so um, so we'll we'll, we'll keep uh, track of him obviously uh, throughout the season. And it seems so. like he's you know he's going to get regular work as long as he's up every three days or something like that. It seems like Hyde's going to put him in there, and their starters certain certainly aren't anything special. So most days they do need that bullpen to. To bail them out, you know, after the fifth inning or in the fifth inning. So. And it was part of the great image of Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> soaring, soaring over the fence yeah. to, to rob Trey Mancini of the home run. How about that? And, and you see it in the close-up of the catch. There's Brandon Klein in the Orioles' dugout, like bracing him. He's almost like bracing himself the for, for uh, uh, the Orioles' bullpen and, uh, beyond uh, left center field there. Klein looks like he's, like, bracing himself for, like, contact. There's a big, like – 
expression on his face. He, he looks surprised. And then yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. soars into the picture and, and steals that home run from Trey Mancini. And, then of course, they lost they, they lost that game because they right. gave up a home. Ben and Benintendi, I think, in a home run the next inning. Yeah. R- right. Was it. Yes. And, and Klein was asked about that after the game, and he sort of joked that uh, about how he looked and how he looked and stuff and, and what he was, like, doing in, in, in the bullpen at the moment. So, <laughs> so, so it, was, it was kind of cool to see him. Um, be, be a part of that big uh, moment in that in that game, even though he wasn't in the game. Uh, it's kind last of funny. Week, so. he, he almost looked like uh, any, any regular fan w- wanting wanting Look to catch like a, a home run ball. That's right. all. He, he was he was that excited. <laughs> right. Uh, should we throw some people on the boat, or did you want to get to what's on your post? Oh no, that's that, what that, that's that what's on there. It? Okay. That's what's on there. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I I have at least one one person that we can toss on the boat this week, uh, and that is. BJ Penn, a UFC fighter, um, who oh, you're man, didn't you? Love I was BJ a, I Penn? was a big fan. Like when I first started watching UFC, gosh, ten or twelve years ago, he was a he was a huge star. He was a two t- he was a two weight champion. Um, so he had the belt at two, in two different weight classes during his career. He's an, he's a UFC Hall of Famer. Um, his nickname's the Prodigy. You know, he was he came up as a really young fighter. As a he's probably like twenty years old. He started winning fights and winning titles and um, but anyway, he fought. He's forty now. He's my age, and he fought again at UFC whatever two whatever it was. I wasn't even paying attention to what it was. He fought a guy named Clay Guida, who's also like sort of a journeyman lightweight, and he lost. And this is not news. He's he's lost like twelve fights in a row or something like that. He's lost like the most fights in a row consecutively in UFC history or something. Um, in the words of Philip Rivers, knock it off. <laughs> no, that was Ryan Leaf. Or Ryan Leaf, <laughs> one of those Chargers quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, so I'm throwing him on the boat because the only way to get this guy to stop fighting is to to throw him on the boat. He he's he's washed up. He's done. And not only that, but this week before the UFC fight, there was news that came out that he has a restraining order against him, obtained by his estranged girlfriend and the mother of. His some of his chil- some of his children I think I don't know if it's all of his children who claims ten years of he's abused her for ten years verbally and sexually. God knows what is true uh, of what she says, but if any of it is true, he's clearly he's clearly a bad guy. Um, in addition to now being a pretty bad fighter. Uh, and a washed-up fighter. Are so, you suggesting these UFC guys have a screw loose in the in the, in their brains, Josh? Yeah, maybe. That that's po- that's there's potential that uh, these guys aren't all there, Greg. Yeah. But uh, as we've discussed, yeah. So BJ Penn needs to go away, and what better way for him to go? away? Well, now we can set up boat. a we can set up an octagon on the boat and have him yeah. and Conor McGregor square off. Yeah. And BJ Penn could lose to Conor McGregor for like his thirteenth. Uh, exactly. Consecutive. I loss. thought about also putting Anderson Silva on the boat. He's he's another one of your boys. I know. He's 44, and guess what? He fought on Saturday, too, and he broke his leg. Somebody kicked him so hard that his leg broke. And didn't he chatter his leg? In a, yeah, he in, did. He in, ch- in a fight not that long ago? <laughs> he did. He, kicked, he broke his leg throwing a kick. This time it was receiving a kick. But uh, he's 44. He keeps fighting. I mean, he was like one guy that just gave me thrills throughout the prime of his career. Now it's just like... Please go away. I'm not going to throw him on the boat, though. I'll I refuse to do that to, to Anderson Silva. But there, there's a scale in knowing when there's you got to know. There's when a to scale quit. in knowing when to stop. 
yeah. and, and, and hanging on too long. And and, and the yeah. old saying goes, it's better to stop too early than than, yeah. than too late. Than and it, can we continue talking about the UFC, this UFC card real quick? And I know none ahead. of us yeah. look, none of us none of us saw it. I didn't even see it. Um, I still I just. Yeah, last night looked up footage of the slam that took place in the women's fight. In the women's fight, and you guys, you know, probably hadn't seen it either. And I guess there's some talk that people think that slams should be out banned in in the UFC. Now, there's not very much that's banned in the UFC. Like you can't gouge eyes. You obviously can't uh, kick below the belt, hit below the belt. You you can't kick an opponent that's down. Um, like soccer kick somebody you used to be able to do that in pride when they were uh, uh, a big promotion in Japan but you can slam uh, your opponent uh, and apparently the rule is as as I looked it up last night and was reading a little more about it if the if your opponent is in the act of trying to submit you you can because you have no control over your opponent's body you can do whatever you whatever means necessary to get to get the opponent to stop the submission attempt and that includes slamming your opponent and that's what happened in this women's strawweight uh, bout where the champion uh, was dumped on her head and neck and was knocked out cold and what you don't really see like that sport is pretty brutal and you see some crazy stuff in it but you don't see that a lot you do not see slams that result in knockouts so it was pretty jarring and I guess it, what I'm what I'm bringing up, I'm bringing it up because it's just crazy to th- to think that people are like, oh, we need to we need to institute some more rules in, in UFC, which is cage fighting, where um, people get knocked and choked out all choked. the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know. That was I, I don't think there needs to be any new uh, any new rules added about. Um, it's a, it's a dangerous sport. It's a dangerous, brutal sport. Yeah. And she was in the act of the, the 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 girl that got slammed was in the act of trying to submit her opponent, so it was completely legal. Right. So no, I, think, I think if you if you ban any one act, you're going to get the slippery slope. You're going to ban exactly so many other things, and before you know it, you're going to ban the entire sport. Exactly. And there, yeah. Well, there's one other thing. I guess you can't do. I mean, John Jones had he lost a fight. Hit the only loss on his ledger in his career. He lost by disqualification, and that's because he did an illegal elbow which is a you can't do a 12 to 6 elbow on somebody which means you can't bring your elbow straight down onto somebody's head from you know from the 12 o'clock to the six o'clock right you Um, you got you got a because that is incredibly dangerous with el- especially with elbows which are yeah there's got to be some safeguards against yeah. dangerous acts uh, in, in the sport right so but that, my point that is one, that one that one makes sense yeah my point is i wasn't um you know i'm not one to to, to say that slam should now be outlawed in the ufc right a headline came to attention to my attention uh, over over the weekend and i'm throwing this guy on the boat it's uh Christops, uh porzingis yeah. Who was apparently involved in a street brawl in his in his native country of Latvia, and and according to the story that he might have been jumped by by some guys and they roughed him up, so it might have been a little sort of out of his control, and he happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But it's also comes in the wake of a rape charge that was filed against Kristaps uh, Porzingis by a woman. So like he's having the, <laughs> he's having a heck of an off season. He was traded from the Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks. He hasn't even played for them. He's since been charged with rape and gotten into this street brawl. And while the street brawl might not have been entirely his his own doing or or something that he could have controlled, like you don't see 
stories of like Tom Brady or, or a lot of other sports figures getting into bloody sports brawls. I mean, Porzingis is pictured in this thing. He's bloody. He's cursing. I think. I think um, at, at the guys that yeah. perpetrated this attack. Uh, he might. I. I'm. I forget if he was giving them the finger, like, or, or making other gestures toward them. He but, shoved aside a woman too while he was oh trying to no. approach. You know, so, so some of these people. Yeah. Uh, she right. wasn't harmed, but still. Right. So That's, it's like, what is Kristaps Porzingis doing this off season? I mean, it's it's one thing to be charged with rape, but then when you add a street brawl on on, on top of it, is it's like you got to know where you are and who you're right. surrounding yourself with. Well, especially given the gravity of the, the charges that are have been levied against him. Why are you out you know, at all hours of the night at some dance club or whatever? You right. know, you're, you're putting yourself, putting yourself, you're out, putting yourself out at there. risk. Like Derek Jeter and Tom Brady, you're not reading about bloody street brawls. They yeah. were in it late at night during the offseason. Or, or if they were going to put themselves in somewhat in a similar situation – like Jeter confiscated phones when like he came <laughs> over to his house for a party. Like there there weren't any cell phone pictures coming from Derek Jeter's house right. party or anything like that. So well, just, yeah, he would have the party at his house, you know. Right. Like that's that's another way to prevent some of this stuff. Right. From there's, happening. there's lots of control you could you could what's, exert over these circumstances. What's the old saying? Nothing good happens after midnight. Right. Right. Just just know the situation you're potentially putting yourself in. You're a public figure. Not everyone's gonna love you. Um, and you're putting yourself at risk for s- someone just randomly. Look, it's not his fault if someone randomly jumped him, but still, again, be be smart about where you are and and who you're hanging. I wonder how, he had a cut on his face. I wonder how tall the guy was that punched him. Right, he had oh. to jump to punch that guy. Well, I guess re- reports <laughs> are that he got he got hit with a chair. Oh, okay, but, all right. But no, I mean the, the fact that he he got into this situation is, is not very good, just because it, it's it's on top of the rape charge. He, he should have the sense, okay. Had these rape charges. Uh, I don't want yeah, this to. Keep, pi- I don't want this to pile up on me. You, keep keep the l- profile uh, lower w- w- when you're facing a rape charge. Yeah, and he, isn't he still coming back from an injury? I mean, he's still. Yes, I mean, he was, there's he a was, lot he of factors. He was, he was hurt last year. Yeah, and and again, this is coming from that Porzingis uh, story. And again, this is uh, <laughs> what Josh said about BJ Penn. If the reports are true about about him um, you know abusing his wife this is a similar situation if the reports are true that that uh, I guess he was attacked by people who were upset that he left the Knicks um, if 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 those reports are tr- are true I think I think those people need to be <laughs> need to be thrown on a boat that you know you, you get you get you know so enraged about you know someone leaving you know Deranged your, your team your, your team that you have no control I mean, over people. And, and I'm sure there are plenty of other fights that that go on across the, the you know the, the country in bars uh, over sports. I mean, the, 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 these people need to go on the boat if those reports are are, are true. You're throwing deranged fans on the yes. like on the boat this week, Joe. Yes. yes. So we nearly, Joe, a couple of weeks ago you were on and you instituted the black hole policy. Yes. And I'm nearly ready to uh, send Tiger Woods in the week of, of, the, of the second major championship of the year, the PGA, this week at Beth Page Black. I'm sure Josh will be tuned in and watching every shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised so that you're the one that you're the one throwing him on the black hole. Can't wait to th- can't can't wait to talk about it next week with Josh. Uh, yeah, uh, will not uh, happen. Uh, a, yeah. a PGA uh, uh, championship breakdown, but a tie. But but apparently someone left Tiger's restaurant um, drunk. And, and and the guy killed someone right uh, in a car wreck, uh, right? Uh, driving, and um, now Tiger's restaurant is being sued because um, 
because they say the guy was clearly overserved by the Woods, which is the name of this restaurant that he owns in, I believe, Jupiter, Florida. And his apparently his girlfriend is the manager. Of his this girlfriend restaurant. runs the restaurant for him, so she had an extensive uh, business background. But when she when she met Tiger, um, she she's run um, businesses before, not so successfully in in, in all hmm. cases. So. Um, but now there's a report saying the restaurant destroyed some evidence mm. that it had overserved this guy. So, which would be very, mm. that would be a bad look, Josh. It, uh, no, this that's a very serious situation. Even somebody, yeah. miss somebody dying. It's his, um, and then this destru- destruction of evidence. Man, that's right. That's getting that's getting really serious. You know, all these bars at this point, and they've got all have to have cameras and security cameras. Um, in those places. So that's probably what we're talking about here, I would imagine. So we joked this week at the PGA, say Tiger's walking to the first tee and awaiting him at the first tee are some police officers. They're to arrest Tiger Woods, the, the owner of this restaurant that overserved this guy that, that killed someone in, uh, in a car wreck. So, and we, we joked like the, there'd be some noise while Tiger was trying to take his shots, and there'd be the jingling of uh, handcuffs uh, uh, from the. He'd from, turn from around to yell at, yell at whoever's making the noise, and his police officers coming to arrest him. Right. So so not good. So Tiger, we won't we won't send him in just yet, but um, but he's he's getting on the it's verge of close. being propelled into the into into Joe's black hole, and, so. and he'd be the first to do so. Right? Would, I don't yeah. think we've put anyone in the black yeah. hole before, so. Anyway, uh, seen or to be seen? Yeah, I got a couple. I have um, something that I read and something that I saw. Um, this was a, a story that I just stumbled upon on online uh, in the New Yorker by a writer named Vincent Cunningham. He did a profile of Tracy Morgan, who is you know a very famous actor and comedian who has his own show on, I believe it's TBS. It's a, I mean, I got sucked into this profile. Look, I'm not like some huge Tracy Morgan fan. When I do see him, I do think he's funny. Yeah. I don't... I like him on 30 Rock. Yeah, I, 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 I never watched that show very much at all, but I remember him on SNL, and he was a very funny guy. But this is like an incredibly deep dive into like who Tracy Morgan is and how he became um, the, the famous comedian that he is. Um, it's a really good example of profile writing now we not not something that we could ever do here because it's like i don't know how many hundreds of inches this story was but it was uh it was really extensive plus that we don't have the time right to vote to stories like yeah i mean and this guy spent spent a lot of time with with morgan and just it was just a great example of a like a magazine um Mm -hmm. long read profile um that Again, like I just I didn't think I would get sucked into. I started reading it, wondering how long I would last, and I read the whole thing. So his name is Vincent Cunningham. He writes for the New Yorker. Man, he's an excellent writer. I'm I'm I already clicked on his name on their website. I'm ready to check out some. He apparently he wrote something about Steph Curry recently. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out because um, he's got a really a really good style. The other thing I saw was um, I finally checked out with my wife. We watched um, A Star Is Born. Which was the Bradley, the Cooper, Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga, Gaga movie? movie. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to give some extensive review, but we we really liked it. It's it's you know I'm not a huge fan of movies that center that are centered on music, but this was pretty captivating. She was amazing. Um, I had no idea Bradley Cooper could sing the way that he sings. Um, Sam Elliott was in it, played a great uh, played a great role. I think he was even nominated for an Oscar. 
anyway, uh, get your tissues out if you uh, if you're, you're, you you plan to watch that because it's a, it's a tearjerker. And uh, my wife's been listening to the soundtrack like nonstop since we watched this movie last week. So um, it's the first movie I think she sat and watched with me for God and God knows how many years. Like we, she normally falls asleep at whatever movie it is that I rent, but she was she was with me the whole time through this one so it was it was definitely worth it and one, one of the singles is pretty popular on yeah. on, on the radio yeah the uh, whole soundtrack is actually pretty good movie yeah yeah so uh joe do you have a something seen or to be seen uh, from the past week or in the coming week not right now not right now maybe next time i will go with a scene and right. i will say joe ferrara our man here just won uh, just won yes. the first place award at the Annual uh, Maryland uh, uh, DC Delaware uh, Press Association uh, for a story you wrote about um, Oakdale, right? It was it was Oakdale. Was it Lacrosse or? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is Oakdale Lacrosse. Uh, Oakdale's lacrosse team beat. This is last year they beat uh, Linganore for the and it, it marked the first time uh, that a county opponent had had beaten Linganore in, in, in three years. And so, and so um, you know, uh, Sean Gibbons, the Oakdale goalie, uh, just was in, uh, you know, terrible shape, uh, just uh, you know, physically, uh, just went to the doctor, had, what, four or five different things wrong with him, and then he, he, still, he still played and, uh, you know, actually uh, had, the, had the performance of the match in, in that win as a, as a goalie. It's not, they, yeah, that's a that's a tough category you want in sports story. It's a very general, very broad category, and you know it doesn't just encompass game stories. I mean, it can be it can be any sort of story. So the fact that you want it with you know with a game story is it speaks it speaks volumes about your you know your ability to to capture the essence of that game, which you do in a, you know in, in the majority of your stories. Oh, yes, I got I got lucky one time. Yeah, no, it was, it was well deserved. <laughs> right. A well deserved uh, first place award for our man Joe. Uh, Josh sent me a link to a story that I read, and it sort of threw me off. It was a story about uh, David Wallace, um, uh, the, the 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 journalist that was. Uh, profiling Roger Federer, and, right. and, and, he, and he had a questionable description in the story, which led to more investigation of his work. His work might have already been under investigation for right. false and fabricated descriptions and claims and stuff like that. But the story threw me off because I thought it was going to be about the Roger Fe- his profile of Federer from like 2006, I think. right? And 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 sort of how he constructed that story. Right. I, th- I thought it was just going to be a, a look at his Roger Federer story, but it sort of abruptly ended <laughs> after after he uh, pointed out some questionable after this story pointed out some questionable material in the Federer story, and then it just went into a larger point about a lot of what we read and and take to be fact that we read in journalistic publications is actually not accurate either the writer made it up or didn't recall it correctly or so it's just or it's just an or it's just an inaccurate account of whatever happened right so it's a reminder that you can't always um and you hate to say that nowadays yeah because there's there's so much distrust in the media and you have to be able to count on some something to be able to give you the unvarnished and and again let's let's remind listeners that this this story was written in 2006 so this was right when federer was he had risen to his peak, right? And this guy did, uh, and I, I did not, I did not re- go back and read the the entire profile. But uh, what the writer of this recent story points out is that um, David is Wallace, right? Is that the I'll, guy's I'll, name? I'll, I'll, I'll get his name. The original, the profile that was written, 
does he he makes he describes David, David Foster Wallace. David Foster Wallace. He describes a a some insane play that Federer made, some shot that he made against Andre Agassi like the year before or something in the U.S. Open. It was in the in the final, yeah. right? In like 2005. And so the point that's being made is, even if he descri- inaccurately described this point or made it up, it was done in a time when YouTube wasn't what it is and Twitter wasn't what it is. Yeah, you now. couldn't go back and it was watch hard. it. It was frame exactly. by frame breakdown. You couldn't you couldn't immediately go online and search that play and find it. So this guy that wrote the most recent story actually went back and looked at the play and was like it he basically just said it happened nothing like he said, said the, the only thing he could find that remotely resembled it was, was this one sh- particular right. shot. And, and it that, was, w- that wasn't even close to what he was describing. Right. So, I mean, it was a nice shot, so, but it wasn't like the, like it had been described. So it was an intriguing read. I'm glad you passed along the link to it. But I didn't like it for a couple of reasons. One, because it abruptly went into something else aside from the Federer match. Yeah. Like it seemed to abruptly stop after the point he was making about Federer. And it's another story that sort of sows distrust in the media, and and we exactly. we and we don't need help any help uh, with with that in this day and age because right. look, I mean, most of what you read in the media is true. It happened. It's a hundred percent fact. But um, and of course, there are examples where things get made up or yeah. well, whether intentionally or not, and 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 description aren't descriptions aren't always as good as they as they could be but but man we, we don't we don't need any help in, yeah. in getting people to distrust the media so i didn't like the story for that um the other thing i will uh, mention is a to be scene and that's the prick mistakes uh lo and behold it's you want to see you want to see that well i think just horse racing train wreck the horse racing is in an interesting position now coming off the controversial derby ruling it's it's interesting that neither of the horses involved in the ruling, either the winning horse at the Derby or the or the horse that was taken down at the Derby, Maximum Security will be running in the Preakness. So I'm just interested to see what there, there's all kinds of controversies surrounding the future of the Preakness and and doubt surrounding the future of the Preakness where it'll be held because Pimlico apparently is is falling apart and some parts of it are deemed unworthy for fans to even sit and watch. Right, they the, closed the down what six thousand seats or something right. like that. So there's all all sorts of drama swirling around the Preakness. I'm just interested to see what it becomes, if if anything. Maybe it'll be uh, a dud race that that's not worthy of, of much attention. But I'm just interested. To I'd see. put my money on that. I don't. I'm not a betting man, but uh, yeah, I don't think anything is going to be is going to come of it. Yeah. Well, does anything compelling come out of the Preakness? I'm just right. inter- maybe probably nothing will, like you say. But just they're running a triple crown race on uh, on Saturday. That no one is paying any attention to her mm-hmm. it, it doesn't seem like that so but you'll be watching uh, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it on for a couple of minutes because that's that's all that's the that's beauty all of horse racing is that's that's all the investment you need to make actually thought of something for for to be seen and i can't even tell you the author but there's a, been a new uh, book written on uh, ernie banks cubs great ernie banks mm. who you know throughout his whole life just every time you saw him in front of a camera, he just seemed like this this overly optimistic guy. I mean, the the the, the three words uh, uh, that always be associated with him: "Let's play too," and with, with his big, bright, beaming smile. And that's that's basically what you saw every time you saw him uh, out in public. But uh, new book, you know, written on him right now that basically describes him uh basically digs a little deeper and and uh, goes beyond that that sort of facade of, of mm-hmm. ernie banks and you know go you know touches on you know some of um 
you know, the, you know, the issues he had, you know, during uh, segregation and also just how, uh, how, um, how he truly badly wanted to wanted to win a World Series and how, how that troubled him and how he, he had to go see a psychiatrist oh, wow. because of that. And, and that was uh, that kind of floored me that here, here's, here's a guy who uh, every time you see him, you know, big old smile, you know, just uh, always representing, the, you know, the Cubs in one way or another. It's an upbeat type of guy that he, he like every human being, has, has, has his own, you know, struggles and troubles. Did he ever get them to the World Series? No. Okay. I that thought it was never. Other. How close did, never, did he ever? Never made the playoffs. The closest was oh uh, 19, uh, 1969, and and uh, they were in, in front uh, of the Mets by yeah. what five five games or so, and in, in you know in August, and then you know the the miracle Mets, miracle o- Mets. overtook so. them, and you, you know the rest. The, yep. the, they win it all. That was uh, that was the closest uh, he, he ever got to even, even making it. All right, well, we got to get back to work. Um, Joe, thank you for joining us. Thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Just Another Sports Podcast.